Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. If you have not yet subscribed, you need to subscribe because I just did a great podcast episode about whether women really care if their husbands get into shape. That is something that people think a lot in the male uh, websites on the internet is that that's going to lead to a big change in the relationship. And I talk about when that is the case and when it's not the case, but that's a paid episode. So you have to subscribe. Also, please click on subscribe on my private Facebook group. There's a lot of good discussions that go in there if you really want access to what the opposite sex thinks, or you just want support around the sensitive topics that I discuss without, um, you know, without your comments being seen by everybody in the world on your Facebook. Anyhow, so today we are going to talk about, um, and that is the royal we because it's only me (laughs) talking, about how to uh, be patient with your children when you may not be that patient. And this is, of course, a problem that many people struggle with. It's something that I struggle with myself. Um, I have three kids. I was raised as an only child. The uh, infighting in and of itself is often enough to drive me crazy. But when you're trying to be patient when you had a long day at work and there's multiple kids around and you have other stressors, maybe you struggle with issues with depression, anxiety, uh, whatever else, and everybody struggles with stress, that's when it's really hard. So like if you have all your wits about you, then maybe you could be patient. Patient, but when there's any kind of stressor, then, you know, that can frequently uh, really decrease people's ability to be patient. And so I want to discuss some ways to cope with that. First of all, if you are very impatient and irritable, there are usually other external reasons for this. And frequently they have to do with depression. They really do. You know, I mean, with men, irritability manifests as anger. I'm sorry, depression manifests as irritability and anger. And with women, it does too, um, more than people think. But women tend to cry more, be more sad. It's more socially condoned, um, more overtly sad than men. When men really struggle with anger, it's frequently depression. That's actually a thing. Uh, Like, when you uh, can't manifest, you can't express vulnerable emotions, they turn into anger. And this is why a lot of men who are actually very depressed come off as angry. So the first thing is if you're impatient and irritable with everybody, uh, including your kids, or e- even if you're just very impatient and irritable with your kids, consider that you may be depressed and listen to my other podcasts on how depression manifests. And I'll link you to those, especially the ones how they manifest differently in men and women and other ways that depression can manifest. Um, Okay, so what's next? What about your kid? I mean, some kids have issues, you know, and the parents are trying to ignore them, but the child has untreated ADHD, uh, or, and that's a big one, by the way, like actually rates of ADHD in kids uh, predict divorce rates, you know, according to research, you're more likely to get divorced if your kid has ADHD. Now, you know, I don't know if they control in those studies for whether, I mean, there's a high genetic concordance in ADHD. So maybe people with ADHD get divorced more that, I mean, I'm sure that's true. I see that constantly. It's a big stressor on the relationship when somebody has ADHD. So maybe that those things are linked, but still, 
having a child with ADHD that's all over the place, that can't be controlled, that's very impulsive is a massive stressor. So if you've been pretending that your kid is not objectively different than other kids, even though you get feedback at school that they are, then you're not doing anybody any favors and it's really no wonder that you are very impatient. Now, I'm not saying you have to put your kid on meds or whatever you may be fearing, but remember, this isn't just about this patient's topic. If you get feedback from teachers or um, daycare or anywhere else that your kid is somewhere outside the norm on some variable, look into that. Don't get defensive of your kid and assume that somebody's out to get your kid. Look into that because a lot of people... um, By the way, if your kid has ADHD, it manifests everywhere. If it's just at home that your kid acts like out of control, then that has something more to do with maybe boundaries at home. But if your kid acts the same at school and at home and they're always out of control, then look about, um, you know, look into getting your kid assessed because there's there's no benefit in uh, not seeing what reality is and having your kid struggle with something without an understanding of it. They don't have to be on meds. They don't have to anything, but it's just helpful if you know what's going on. So we've discussed that there could be a you problem. We've discussed there could be a your kid problem. Then there's also a fit, just literally temperamental fit between you and your kids. So you fit better with certain people than others. And, and you know, it's kind of uh, taboo to mention that this could relate to your children, but of course it does. You know, your child could have a very different personality than you. So I've seen a lot of guys with really big, strong, no fear personalities. And when they're coupled with more sensitive sons in particular, they get extremely impatient. They had visualized a child like themselves that was, you know, just, I want to do everything. I want to go to Six Flags. I want to ride the roller coaster. I want to sign up for baseball. I want to do this. I want to do that. And instead they get this kid that sits around and is scared of their own shadow, and that can be extremely triggering to men. And it's not just because they're being huge assholes like their wives usually think. It's because they're terrified. They're like, oh, my God, my life wasn't easy, and I'm not scared of shit. Imagine this kid, you know? Like, they get so anxious about the way that this child's personality may uh, not serve them well in the future that they get kind of obsessed with, um, you know, uh, getting this kid out there doing things. And when that's not... A child's personality, this can lead to real conflict. And I've seen many men grow very impatient at um, children when there's this dynamic at play. You know, and on the other hand, you know, you may also be extremely uh, impatient with a child that is like you. If you have low self-esteem about certain issues within yourself, then and you've never really processed that, then having a child with the same issue is going to make you crazy. You know, like... Um, If you are, uh, let's say, somebody who's very anxious and then you see anxiety in your kid, it doesn't always mean that you're going to really identify with this kid and you guys are going to be so close. You could also be fairly disgusted on a visceral level. Like, oh my God, I transmitted the worst part of my personality to this kid. They're going to have all the same problems as me, you know? And then you may get on the bandwagon um, that doesn't look much different than the guy who's totally not anxious with an anxious kid, just becoming obsessed with like, 
you know, getting this kid out there in ways that, you know, just don't really go with their personality. Now, if you think I'm against exposing kids to new things, au contraire, as I write about all the time, exposure therapy is what works with anxiety, and that's in every way for every organism. However, there are ways to go about this, and if you're constantly angry, about a child's anxiety, that is not going to go well. That impatience is not what needs to underlie uh, parental help with your anxiety, right? So there could be temperament mismatch frequently due to um, whether or not you identify with your child and in what ways, and if you identify in bad ways with your child, you know? Also, there's uh, your child can trigger you because they remind you a lot of your partner or your ex-partner. So a kid that is, let's say, very um, loud and you're a quiet person and your child's very loud, they could trigger you because your husband or your ex-husband is super loud. And this was just always so annoying to you and they're like all over the place and, and you just can't ever be still and calm. And then, you know, this kid is the same way. So then you can also lose your patience there. When else can you lose your patience? Honestly, you can lose your patience with kids when they don't know how to do things that they never learned how to do. So this one's particularly unfair for your kid. So a lot of parents nowadays, um, they, they delay uh, age-appropriate uh, chores and age-appropriate exposure to, to difficult or challenging things. So like there's parents and they, the kid is like 10 years old doesn't know how to make a sandwich, and this drives a parent crazy, and the parent's so impatient because they're remembering that at 10 years old, they made not only a sandwich for themselves, but for their sister, and they would, you know, also have to clean their room and do all these other things. But then when you really go through it um, in therapy, they have never taught their child to make a sandwich. And in fact, until just this year, whenever the child would ask to help with anything around the kitchen, they would be like, no, 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 forget it, I'll do it because they're so tapped out, so stressed. They don't want the kid to uh, make shit dirty. They don't want to have to deal with cleaning it up. And then like all of a sudden, maybe they saw like another kid making a sandwich or maybe some certain age is the age at which they innately think a sandwich should be able to be made by a child. They just flip. And this doesn't just go for like sandwiches and kids. This is like anything. So a parent that'll spend their whole the kids basically their whole childhood saying, don't be unsafe, don't, don't do anything that's dangerous, don't ever, you know, ask me before you do everything, don't do things without my knowledge. When the child turns 18, they'll be like, well, go to college. I mean, be independent here, pick out your classes, you know, do your own thing. How the hell does a kid know how to do their own thing? They don't. That's unfair. The expectations have changed, and the parent often doesn't really want to look in at their contribution to why they're impatient with their child. So to summarize, a big reason that parents get impatient with their kids is because they're really angry at themselves for not having taught their kids and or having ignored certain deficits in their kids or even amplify these deficits by, by telling the kid not to do certain things. You know, I mean, I remember when I was young, for example, I was very, very shy and I didn't realize till adulthood that, you know, my parents were like very socially anxious too. But I remember getting, you know, reprimanded for being really shy. And then when I look back, I'm like, 
well, my God, like they, they were, they were so anxious. They were constantly anxious about other people, you know? So of course I was, but it's, it's very triggering to see that manifested in your child, especially because on a subconscious level, you know why, you know, it's your fault, you know, and that makes you feel even worse. So frequently this can lead to impatience when you realize that somehow you've set your child up to fail and now you're confronted with it. So this is a lot of these failure to launch things, you know, I get constant, um, there's constant talk about failure to launch cases on my various listservs. This is a big issue now, adult children living at home and not having jobs and not making money and not seeming to want to have relationships or even really friendships. Um, and, and, you know, parents are extremely impatient, but if you check kind of the whole narrative and you go back through that, there were many inflection points at which earlier parents did not emphasize independence because of their own, um, anxieties, you know, and then they are certainly extremely upset now when the chickens come home to roost in such a uh, basically upsetting and even embarrassing way as this child never moving out as an adult. So you always have to look inward with problems with your kids. You always have to look inward. Why am I being triggered? What do I feel that this behavior of my child says about me? How am I reacting to that and in an unfair way to my child? So that's super important to understand. Now, why else can parents um, get impatient? I mean, it's because they are tapped out. They literally are like running, running, running all the time. They don't ask for help. They don't give themselves breaks. There's no self-care. Basically, their life is just work, childcare, work, childcare, work, childcare, don't get enough sleep. They don't go to the gym. They're not taking care of themselves. So they're so tapped out that the instant the child says anything that's even vaguely irritating, you blow. So, I mean, what am I going to say? As usual, therapy can help with this. If you really can't prioritize yourself, therapy can really, really help. And therapy can also help, as can, you know, listening to my stuff, reading books, etc., with figuring out how to developmentally appropriately teach your child new skills such that you're not impatient with their inability to do things. I mean, there are different ways to skin a cat here. If you really want your child to learn how to make a sandwich, for example, but you know you know, you know yourself and you know that you're not going to be good sitting there saying, and now we get out the bread and now we get out the mustard. You're not going to be that kind of person. Then why don't you do something different? Why don't you tell your kid, Hey, here's my phone. Here's a YouTube on how to make a sandwich. I'm leaving the kitchen. I know you can do it. Show me your sandwich when you're done. I'm going to be proud of you. This is the YouTube. I know you can watch YouTube. Goddamn. You do like 20 hours a day. So figure it out. Make yourself a sandwich. Tell me how it goes. Get out of the room, by the way. If you're like a person who tends toward impatience and anxiety, um, get out of the room <laughs> whenever possible after you either teach your kid or have some proxy such as YouTube or another parent or an older child teach your kid how to do something. Do not stand there and hover because it's going to be real hard for you not to be like, why are you leaving the mustard out? Why are you getting the mustard everywhere? What do you mean? What do you mean? I'll just take it. Forget it. Forget it. I'll just do it. It's going to be hard for you not to do that. So leave. <laughs> At least leave in spurts. You know, if you're teaching your kid a new skill and you find yourself that you're about to like lose your shit and tell them just forget it, forget it, I'll do it, then walk out of the room for a little bit. When you come back, they'll probably have progressed you know, on whatever it is. And honestly, it's so much easier to deal with like the cleanup and like whatever after your kid 
did something good <laughs> than, than thinking that all this cleanup and whatever is going to be for nothing because you're watching them and they're doing something bad and it's never going to work out, which is the sort of catastrophic thinking that many people have when they are struggling with anxiety, uh, depression, or just like they're trying to get outside their comfort zone in a new way because usually they do literally everything for their kid and they're trying not to. So get away. And then later on, you can deal with consequences is a lot better. Also frequently, like it's better to have somebody around. So if you got along with your spouse, then it would be good for your spouse to be around. If you're going to teach your kid how to make a sandwich, they could be a buffering presence. If you have friends or a friend of your kid, like very few people are going to yell at their kid in front of their kid's friend. If you're one of them, don't do this. And also therapy is helpful because then you really cannot control your shit and you know it, you know, and that's not a shameful thing if you get help for it. But for the average person, like when your own kid is there, you may be like, Jesus fucking Christ, you know, blah, blah, muttering under your breath about some cleanup. But when your kid's friend is there, you're going to be nice. So if you want to teach your kid how to, um, you know, make a sandwich, you say, oh, come on down, girls. We're, you know, her and her friend, we're going to make some sandwiches now, you know, and do it in front of a friend. Do it when you have a friend over for yourself. Do it if you get along with your spouse. Have them around when you try to teach your kid new things. And if you think how did this podcast turn into how to teach your kid new things, the reason parents get impatient is because their kids can't do shit. I mean, like, that's the only reason. It, 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 anything from they can't get their socks on in the morning to they can't make a sandwich to they're still living in my fucking house. Like, whatever it is, that is most of the time the reason that parents get impatient. The other reason parents get impatient is when the kid is very oppositional. That is beyond the scope of this. We could talk about how to create better, more loving relationships with your kid where they don't like act nasty to you, you know? But frequently that's gonna be about setting boundaries and what they see in the house. There are very few kids that are gonna act really nasty that are in a happy, loving home. There are some, there are some kids that, that are, but, but very, very few. Usually, if kids back talk a lot, they're seeing a lot of bickering and conflict and anger between parents. So that's an unfortunate, sad uh, realization that uh, many parents have. And that can actually lead you to get into couples counseling because um, that's something I work with parents on a lot in couples counseling when the couple is parents and they start to notice that their same uh, terrible communication patterns are happening between the siblings or between a child and them. And I'm like, oh, when do they uh, hear other people say no to each other constantly? Jesus, I see you guys do it constantly in the session. <laughs> uh, you'll just tell each other, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, my whole session. And then you're surprised when your kid says that to you all the time, where are they hearing it from, right? So usually if you want a positive, helpful, cheerful, team-oriented child, you need to be a positive, helpful, cheerful, team-oriented spouse and person. And uh, that, that's sometimes very difficult to reckon with. But when you really deeply uh, see those connections, it can be extremely motivating to change. So anyhow, hopefully this gave you at least a couple of new ideas for how to both reframe and deal with impatience. Either one would be great. Sometimes just a new idea about why something is happening can really spur changed behavior as well as an entirely changed 
worldview, which then um, even without direct behavior change can lead to it. So if you're like, wow, I'm really impatient with my kid because they're exactly like my ex-husband in this way, never really realized it, you know, and that's not fair. You know, it's not fair to my kids. So I'm really going to try to be different around uh, how I've considered them lazy like my ex-husband on a subconscious level. But now I'm going to be like, maybe I could just say laid back, you know, because if my ex hadn't been a certain way, I would look at this same kid and think, wow, they're laid back. They really know how to smell the roses like I don't or whatever. So hopefully this gives you a little bit to think about. Please subscribe so that you get all my bonus content. Um, And uh, also my Facebook group is really cool. People are really engaging a lot in there. It's always psychologically minded people who, um, you know, are, are interested in interpersonal topics, you know, which is the broad umbrella for what I do is interpersonal relationships, whether that's parenting or whether that is uh, your relationships with your family of origin or obviously couples work. All right, guys, have a great day. Bye-bye.